if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Alrighty, the NHL offseason is in full swing. And for that, I bring back to the show Matthew Zator from thehockeywriters.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Matthew Zator SC. You can check him out there. He uh, does a lot of great work with the uh, with the draft, as well as the Canucks, and uh, co-host of the a few different podcasts for the uh, for the HockeyWriters.com as well. So, Matthew, first of all, how's it going? And uh, did you enjoy the draft? I'm sure you did. <laughs> I was doing great. Uh, yeah, the draft was was probably the most actually most exciting to me that I've had like in a while. I mean, of course, we've been virtual uh, draft in the last two years, yep. but um yeah a lot of chaos a lot lots of stuff happening at that draft so uh yeah it was really exciting really felt like the nhl was back in that moment you know to yes. have to have the atmosphere in montreal that they did uh had a few folks in the in attendance for that so that was great to see um but yeah let's get into that first before we get into free agency and some of the trade market stuff um, which is, you know, a lot of what's going to be going down tomorrow as the free agency does officially open. Always a flurry of action on those days. But we'll start with the draft. Kind of overall thoughts on Slavkowski ending up going number one and then Shane Wright falling to number four. Like, it, how much did you expect it and how did you kind of view it when it actually went down? Well, I'll say right now I didn't expect it. Um yep. I never thought that Shane Wright would drop uh, to four. I mean, I didn't think he would go away from first. So, I mean, I had my rankings out, like we all did on prospect corner. We had, we had our rankings that, you know, Wright was going to be first. I mean, it was pretty much mm-hmm. set, but then uh, yeah, Wright doesn't go first. Well, okay. He'll go second then. No, doesn't go third either. And then <laughs> drops to four to Seattle to, to Seattle. And um, I, 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 yeah, I never would have, if someone would have told me that, you know, a few months before that, I'd be like, no, no way that would happen. So, um, you know, but Montreal goes with the guy they thought was the best and um, we'll see what happens in the next uh, few years when he does develop and make it to the NHL. But, um, you know, when you have two centermen like Wright and Cooley up there, I don't know, it's tough. I, you know, those guys are the ones that you build around and uh, like Slavkovsky is going to be a great, I've said this many times. I mean, Slavkovsky is going to be a great player. I think he's going to be a great NHL player, but I don't think he's going to be at the height of a first overall pick. Um, I'd love to be proven wrong because I love these, you know, guys succeeding and, and uh, hitting their mark. But um, I don't know. It, it's hard because the thing is, it's such a small sample size. I mean, mm-hmm. all the time that he's been really good has been in international play. And um, I mean, it is against men. I get that. But the thing is, is like when you look at some of the other players, I think they have bigger upside. But like I said, it, we'll see what happens. I mean, these two guys are still 18 years old. So lots of st- lots of development still to come. I have a couple things on this. Uh, it kind of feels a little bit like 2019 mm-hmm. where Hughes and Kako were one and two. And I think people kind of got enthused by Kako's performance for Finland. 
Yeah. And they kind of thought maybe he goes number one, but he doesn't. And New Jersey goes with the safer pick, I think, which I think Shane Wright is the safer pick. Like, I think that's almost a sure thing that he's going to be a very good center. And I feel like it's very hard for Montreal. I'm surprised they passed up the idea of Suzuki and Wright down the middle for the next decade. Like that's gotta be hard to pass up, but I give him credit for, for going out on a limb there. Now to transition, did you think that New Jersey and Arizona made the right choices by going with Nimich and Cooley after that? Because you look at it, New Jersey set at center, but at the same time, do you want to take best player available with, you know, just taking right at number two? I also always thought that Arizona Cooley going to Arizona made a lot of sense. And I thought, I figured since Wright would go number one and then you'd have mm-hmm. Slavkowski go two. I know New Jersey really wanted Slavkowski. I think Cooley was always going to go to Arizona no matter what, which is why I wasn't that surprised that they didn't take Shane Wright. I think they did a lot of their work on Cooley, if I read correctly. So do you think ultimately New Jersey and Arizona made the right choices by by passing up on Shane Wright at two and three? Well, Nemitz is – I always thought he was going to go two. And uh... – you know, the devils, I think, do need defense. Um, but when, when Wright's just sitting there, um, yeah, you know, you do, like you said, they do have a strong, strong down the middle um, for, you know, years to come. But when you have a guy like Shane Wright sitting, um, you know, able to be chosen, I don't know how you pass that up. But, I mean, Nemitz is going to be a great NHL defenseman. He's going to be uh, that number one um, top pairing guy. And uh, I think he does deserve to be second overall, like I said. Um, as for Cooley, I mean, like, you, yeah, you said the same. I was saying the same thing. You know, Arizona had, you know, done their homework on Cooley. They didn't think Wright would be available. But the thing is, is again, this is the other thing. Wright's sitting there. I mean, he's, yep. you know, yeah, you did a great work on Cooley. And I love Cooley. I, if you've, you know, watched, read some of my coverage of him and watched Prospect Corner, I, I really am impressed by this kid. So, um it wasn't a bad pick by Arizona, but when you have a guy like Shane Wright um, dropping to three, I don't know. I I would pick Wright over Cooley, but um, you know, I will like again. We'll see what happens with uh, with these guys, and um, you know, Seattle got the benefit of these other teams not um, making the decision to uh, draft Wright. And now you have Beneers and Wright down the middle in Seattle, which I think is a good oh, thing geez. for that franchise, and I I think that that is. Definitely an ideal scenario for Ron Francis, uh, no doubt, to be able to get those two. Um, okay, who do you view as the biggest steal of the first round in terms of where they were selected and the player? Well, I'm going to say Brad Lambert. Uh, you know, he go drops all the way down to Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, there was talk about him going in the top 10 uh, not that long ago. And uh, this is very reminiscent of Atu Ratu. Uh, going to the Islanders in the second round. A lot of people thought that, that Lambert was going to drop into the second round, but ends up getting drafted by Winnipeg. And um, they got Rutger McGroarty, who I think is another steal. Not really to me because he was drafted where I thought he was going to. Um, but I think those two are just going to be so big for Winnipeg going in the future. And Lambert, I think, still is going to end up being a top-line uh, dynamic player and getting him um, where Winnipeg did at, uh, I believe it was 30th overall. I, that's insane to me, uh, to get a guy like that. So I would say Brad Lambert's, uh, my biggest first round steal at this point. Yeah. I, I kind of thought that when the Islanders traded back that, that Lambert was going to fall even more. Cause I kind of think a lot of people, I think most mock drafts, if they had Lambert going in the top 15, it was going to be to the Islanders. 
So um, I think that kind of changed things as well. Uh, do you have a couple names of, of post first round players that can be viewed as great value picks or steals? Well, one I've, and I said this on prospect corner, so say it again is Lane Hudson mm-hmm. uh, going all the way to pretty much close to the third round, which is like, again, it's not right. Uh, he, yes, he's small. I mean, five foot eight. Yeah. He's a small defenseman, but I think, I think he's going to be a really good um, NHLer. And the thing is, he goes to the right team. I mean, he goes to the Montreal Canadiens, who um, have Martin San Luis, the head coach. Uh, they got Cole Caulfield, who's another smaller guy. Um, and now they have Lane Hudson, who's basically the Cole Caulfield on defense um, because he's a similar type player, but you know, playing the uh, playing a different position. Um, and I think he's going to be that 50, 60 point defenseman in the NHL. And um, I want him to prove everyone wrong because for him, for a guy like that to get draw get drafted towards the third round, um, yeah, it's a definite steal for me. And uh, I love the pick. So I mean, Lane Hudson is my biggest steal of rounds uh, two to seven for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and move forward here to some free agency stuff. Big news just coming out while we're recording this from Frank Saravalli that. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau informed the Flames he will not be returning to Calgary. Emotional conversation mm-hmm. for both sides as the Flames rolled out the red carpet to keep him. A massive offer was presented, as we reported, but this was not about the money. So let's just get into that. Where's Johnny Gaudreau going to go? Yeah, that's a huge development. Like, I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall as we go in, mm-hmm. you know, that he was probably not going to come back to Calgary, which is interesting because uh, I always thought of him like the Jerome McGinley type uh, guy but again again didn't finish his career in calgary either uh he went um i believe to the abs um towards the end of his career so i i'm gonna say he's gonna go to the new, Jer- new jersey devils um there's been talk around that already the islanders i think is the other team that's kind of been big in, in getting him um but i think he's going to new jersey and that'd be a huge boost to that team so i think there's no doubt that he's going to end up on the east coast in the yeah. u.s I think it's New Jersey. I think it's the Islanders. I think it's the Sabres if they really want to make a play. But I do agree. I'm going to say New Jersey gets them. I think this would be a fantastic player for New Jersey to kind of boost their their ceiling a little bit more, you know, into becoming an actual contender. You already have two centers in the top six. You have good wingers as well. You look at what Jesper Brat did. He's going to get paid as a restricted free agent this uh, this summer as well. So I think New Jersey is the safe pick. I think New Jersey is where Goudreau ends up. And I think the contract's going to be less than what Calgary is offering. I think that um, – I think he's going to get a little bit less than that. So we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. The next one I have here is Nazem Kadri. had a big season for the uh, for the Avalanche it's certainly gone from Colorado with given the Nachushkin deal. Plus you got to think about McKinnon's extension that's incoming at some point. Uh, so where do you think Kadri ends up? I'm going to put, uh, this is not an original idea because I was seeing it kind of thrown around is that the Detroit Red Wings, um, you know, Nazem Kadri, you know, I guess it kind of goes against the fact that he, well, he just won a Stanley cup. So I'm um, going to a team that's kind of not there yet. But the Red Wings need centermen, and they and Kadri would be really good with Dylan Larkin um, as a one-two um, centers on the Red Wings. So I'm going to say Detroit's going to kind of under the radar type come in, and Eiserman's usually pretty good for one of those. So <laughs> we'll see. I, mean, I say Kadri to the Red Wings. 
we're in lockstep here. I have Kadri to the Red Wings as well. Uh, I think that makes a ton of sense. You look at where they're at now, starting to really get going. Iserman, I think, is one of the best GMs in the league. Um, I think that this would be a sneaky good move, and I don't think I don't think Kadri's going to get as much as everybody thinks. Mm. I think he's going to get a little bit less than than people expect, which is usually the case with a lot of players. Especially you look at his career. Last season was great. I don't think he's going to be an eighty point guy consistently from here on out. Like I, I think. You know, you look at what he was doing before the 87 points last year. He had, you know, 32 points in 56 games, 36 points. I think he's going to be like a 45 to 65 point scorer yeah. from here on out. And I think that that's something that Detroit would like to have down the middle. I think it makes a ton of sense. So I'm going to say Detroit as well. Uh, third one here, Claude Giroux. Well, Claude Giroux, I mean, oh, he's definitely not coming back to the Panthers. Um, I think I think he's going to go to the Hurricanes. And, uh, you know, Vincent Trocek is probably not going to return. Um, you know, that's a big centerman for them. Um, Giroux wants to win a cup and he's going to go to a contender for sure. Uh, the Hurricanes are pretty much a contender. So I'm going to say the Hurricanes for Giroux. I'm going to get weird and go Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be, I was very tempted to go Giroux, Pittsburgh, Malkin, Philly, but I won't. <laughs> I'll just go Drew Pittsburgh. It feels like just trying to get that that centerman after if he's going to play center, of course, after Crosby. I think that that makes sense, and and he could play on a line with Crosby too if they needed him to. Him, Ginsel, and Crosby would be pretty filthy. But I think Pittsburgh is the team that gets Drew. I do think Carolina is a good fit. I think that's probably the more likely move out of the two. Mm. Um, but I also think if if Detroit doesn't get a Cadre, do they look at Drew? And I think Columbus is also going to be a team that's possibly in the market here as well. Um, next up, we do have Evgeny Malkin, who it doesn't appear he'll be returning no. uh, to Pittsburgh. So where do you think Malkin ends up? I wanted, I, I wanted to say the Canucks, but I, I don't know if he wants to go out West. And that's the thing. Like he's been in the on the East and he's talked about his family and all that stuff. And I don't know if he wants to move that far out. Um, so I'm going to say the Washington Capitals. And because – because of the fact that Nicholas Backstrom is out for a long time, long term, um, they're going to need someone to fill in that second line center. And who not to go for another Russian, play with Ovechkin. Um, I'm sure that's something that's going to cross his mind if <laughs> coming to free agency. So I'm going to say Malkin uh, to the Capitals. Yeah, that's that's getting weird a little bit too. I mean, that, that would spice up the Ovechkin-Crosby <laughs> thing for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to say Colorado gets him at a lower number than expected, uh, maybe a little bit more term possibly to kind of replace Kadri, who they're definitely going to lose. I think that would be a good fit um, in terms of just having a guy that when he's healthy, he's still pretty much a point-per-game player right, right at it, I would say. Mm. So I think that makes a ton of sense as well. Um, let's go to a guy who's likely on his way out in Colorado, which is Andre Burakovsky. Well, I just got this thought. I, I'm I'm going to pick, uh, I, there's no rumors to this, but I'm going to say the Canucks are going to sign uh, Burakovsky. Um, I don't know why he kind of fits for the what the Canucks are looking for. Again, speed, um, some skill, and in that he could play that middle six uh, role and also play on the top line if he can. Um I, I, I'm actually really on board with this. I don't know how much he's going to get paid, um, but I'm going to say Burakovsky to the Canucks, uh, just a bit of an under-the-radar type pick. Yeah, I like it. I have the Canucks going elsewhere, but we'll find out about that in a moment. Um, 
I'm going to go the Rangers. I think they're going to be losing Cop and Strom, so you're going to need to replace somebody. And and he can play both sides. And 61 points last season, he's still only 27 years old. Uh, his last contract, he was making 4.9. I expect him to be maybe a little bit more than that, maybe 5.25, somewhere around there. And I think the Rangers could benefit from having, you know, a winger like this. You look at the other wingers that they have, whether it's Panarin or – uh, Kreider or Lafreniere or Kako. They have a lot of young wingers, but I think adding a Burakovsky in there makes it even more dynamic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do think that they're going to need to center at some point. And I know that people are talking about Patrick Kane possibly being a guy that goes there. I think I think whoever loses out on the Goudreau uh, sweepstakes is going to be looking at Patrick Kane as well. So that'll yeah, be something yeah. to view uh, this summer as well. Uh, moving along here, uh, David Perron, unfortunately for me, looks like not returning to St. Louis. Um, Perron has been very, very good for the last few seasons. Really, his entire career has been very consistent, but he's really ramped it up. He was a point-per-game player last season, then 57 points in 67 games with 27 goals this season, or this past season. So where do you think Perron ends up? Well, I'm going to repeat myself and go with the Red Wings again here. I, I don't know. I think – I just have this feeling Eisenman's going to make some moves at free agency. I think he's going to make some uh, – some things to kind of push his team forward uh, coming into next season. Like, again, I don't know if Perron um, wants to go to a team that's not contending, but uh, I don't know why it kind of fits in, in Detroit. I think Perron to Detroit here. I'm going to go uh, Perron to Vancouver. Um, ah, I actually, think I would that, like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good fit. I mean, he's a, he's a veteran. Uh, you might end up trading JT Miller. So you got to figure that out. Um, whether you want to have, Perron play that that wing side with or uh, on the same line as a Pedersen or a Besser you throw him up there either way he's a top six guy I know he's 34 years old but he's been as consistent as almost anybody especially and you look at the biggest asset with Perron it's not only that he can really do anything you need him to is that he's a very very good power play player yes Uh, he's one of the highest scoring players in the power play for the last three seasons I think he's third in points over the last few seasons on the power play so he's he's a lead in that regard and I think Vancouver could get him at a nice number. I know he's looking for something like three by six, which I think is a little bit rich uh, for a team like mm. the Blues, but I think Vancouver could maybe swing it. Um, either way, I think Perron's going to end up as being a positive impact player for his entire contract, no matter what, uh, wherever he signs. So we'll see. Uh, let's go to Ryan Strome. Well, I'm, I'm going to have him going back to the Rangers. Like I know there's been talk he's not going to, but he's, says he he loved New York and uh, I think they're going to find a way to get him back. So I'm going to say Stromberg finding a way to get re-signed by the Rangers. Yeah. Um, I, I could see that happening. I, I'm going to say if he leaves, he goes to, I'm going to say Columbus. Um, I think they're Columbus and Ottawa are two teams that I think are going to try to be very aggressive. Whether, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've already seen what Ottawa's done with uh, bringing in Cam Talbot in a trade tonight. And then obviously the Debrinket trade last week. So I think they're looking to be very aggressive, try to start to contend. You look at all the young talent they have there with Norris and Kachuk and and all those guys in Stutzla. So I think Strom would be a very nice uh, center for them for years to come because he's still pretty young as well, and he's been very productive. Now, I know having Panarin with him has very much helped in the last few seasons, but I still think Strom's a good player. Uh, let's do the other Ranger that could be on the way out, which is Andrew Kopp, who was acquired by the Rangers from Winnipeg. Well, I'm going to say the Canucks are going to sign him. Uh, they're 
they're looking for, they've been looking for sandpaper. Um, Rutherford's been saying that many times that he wants more speed, more sandpaper, more, um, and cop can play uh, a center role. He's pretty good at that. He's good in that middle six and he looks, he looked pretty good. And I, I believe he played in the top six with the Rangers for a bit there too. So very versatile forward. And that's what the Canucks like. Um, I think cop could end up being uh, in Vancouver. I'm just going to throw something at the wall with him and say Anaheim. Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to be in the market for a top six forward. And I think he would be a nice fit. Uh, I think they need people to play or players to play alongside Zegris since it doesn't look like they're bringing Milano back. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I, but I, I do think Anaheim's looking to make an upgrade in the top six and he would be a good fit for that. All right. Uh, Andre Palat, who has been a model of consistency for most of his career with Tampa, likely on the way out. So where do you think he ends up? Well, I'm going to say the lightning are going to figure out a way to do this because they traded McDonough. Um, for that purpose. I mean, to create that cap space to potentially sign Palat and he's been there for his whole career. I don't really see him leaving, but like I've, I've been proven wrong before with this. And uh, I mean, he could be gone, but uh, I think the lightning are going to try their hardest to get him back. Cause he's such a big part of their team. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I do think I'm going to say that he leaves. I'm going to say Calgary gets him just to kind of, do what they did with Blake Coleman last year, I guess, and and mm. bring in a Tampa player and see if it works. I, but I'm also not sure what Calgary's going to even do because if we're losing Goudreau, do you consider blowing it up? I feel like that's not uh, out of the possibility. Mm. Um, I I selfishly I want them to trade Matthew Kachuk to the Blues, of course, but <laughs> uh, I still don't see that to be likely at least yet. Um, but I'm going to say Calgary brings them in. I'm going to say if they're trying to win. If they're not trying to win, I I don't see that happening. But um, We'll see what happens with him, but I, I don't think it. I think he should return to Tampa. Like I don't think it'd be right to see him in a different uniform with just how long he's been there and how much success they've had uh, together. Uh, the last one here, we're going to go with Evander Kane. Oh, Evander Kane's an interesting one, and I had a hard time figuring. So I'm just going to take the easy way out and say the Oilers are going to figure out a way to get him back because um, he just fit in so well there. And I don't know if it's, if you want to sign him to a long-term deal. I think that would be a mistake. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the Oilers, again, this is you know what you're going to get with this guy. So find a way to, to sign him. I, I mean, there's that whole San Jose thing that could derail anything. So um, we will see what happens with him for sure. I'm going to say if he doesn't return to Edmonton, which I think he will, I'm going to say the Capitals bring him in. I think that's like the only – really one of the only other destinations I see for him. I know a lot of people have said Calgary. I just don't see that happening. Um, So I'm going to say that Washington is the team that gets him if he doesn't return to the Oilers. And I feel like if you're going to get paid to play with Connor McDavid, you pretty much just take that anytime you can. I think a lot (laughs) of players have learned that. And I think a lot of players have gotten paid because of Connor McDavid. So uh, that's how I would view Evander Kane there. All right, let's do, uh, I got five defensemen here. This is, I'll be honest, this is a pretty poor defensive market. In yeah. See, it's it's pretty bad, uh, but we'll go with five that I picked here. The top one is uh, John Klingberg, who, I mean, he's been a little bit up and down, but I think there's something there. Obviously, uh, what do you see for Klingberg here? Well, I'm going to go with the Hurricanes. On, I mean, because they traded D'Angelo, um, they're going to need someone to replace his points, and uh, I think Klingberg could end up being there. Again, there's been kind of rumors around that uh, with, with the hurricane. So um, they have a bit of cap space, so we'll see. But I think I think the Hurricanes will grab Klingberg. 
I'm going to go with Seattle. I think Ron Francis is looking to yeah, isn't it? Yeah. beef up the defensive core a little bit there, and I think Seattle will be a good fit. They're going to have the salary cap space to do it if they want to. Uh, I think that's a good fit if he goes to Seattle. Uh, all right, Ben Sherratt. I'm going to go with him uh, returning to Montreal. I uh, I really – like he really loved it, loved it, loved it in Montreal when he got traded. Um, and the Canadians are looking like, you know, a pretty good team coming now. And, you know, they may not be contending yet, but they're going to be an exciting team to play for. And like I said, he, he really loved playing there. I think he's going to return to the Canadians. Yep, that's the pick I have as well. Um, I think he, he could have been a good fit to return to Florida after that deal, but they have literally no cap space, so that's <laughs> probably not going to happen without an extra move, I suppose. So I'm going to say that Sherratt returns to Montreal as well. Uh, Nick Letty. I'm going to go with the Kraken on this one. I, you know, like like you said, Seattle has a lot of cap space and need to revamp their defense. And Letty was really good in St. Louis and um, pretty good in Detroit too. So I think he still has that veteran savvy that could end up being pretty good for the Kraken. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to say Letty to, to Seattle. I'm going to say Dallas. Um, I think you lose Klingberg. You look at their left side right now. It's Haskinen, Liddell, Suter. But I also think that with the versatility of Miro Haskinen, he can play the right side. You bring in Letty, have him play the left side. I think that could work. Um, one thing to look for, though, though uh, there is Thomas Harley could be coming along here. Mm-hmm. So that's another left-handed defenseman. Um, so they got to figure that out. But I think Dallas is going to be looking to replace Klingberg in some way, even if it's not a right-handed guy. And you have versatile left-handers. So I think Haskinen is absolutely that. And I also – I don't know if I'd guarantee that you have uh, Suter and Lindell on the roster next season. But you probably do, but I wouldn't guarantee it. Um, so we'll see what goes down with him. Uh, all right, Nikita Zadorov. This one is a really tough one for me because I, I don't know if he's he really fits anywhere. Um, I mean, Calgary was a really good fit. I, so I, I'm just going to go with him returning to Calgary because I think that's the best he's looked as, on any team that I've seen him on. So I think the Flames will find a way to get him back because, you know, he seems to fit in that, um, that system of defense. And um, I think he just returns to Calgary. I think the Blues are going to tick me off and sign Zadorov. Um, <laughs> I just – He's pretty much a defensive defenseman. He's not going to do much other than that, which is fine. But I think when the Blues are looking to revamp their defensive unit and find a left-handed defenseman to play with Pareko, I don't think Zadorov is that at all. Like I, I, I no. just I wouldn't overpay him. I think somebody who, whoever signs him, if it's not Calgary, is going to overpay him. I think he'd be great with Robert Bortuzzo if he's making like one point seven five a year. That's just not going to happen. So. I really, really hope I'm wrong, and I hope Zadorov stays away from St. Louis, but I just have a feeling that this is what they're going to do, and Blues fans are going to lose their minds tomorrow. So <laughs> I, I have the feeling of that. Uh, okay, this is interesting because P.K. Subban uh, hasn't signed a contract since that enormous one. So he's back <laughs> on the market. Uh, what do you think happens with him? Well, this one's going to be a low deal. I mean, yeah. he, he can't demand anything. I mean, he's not hasn't done anything in like three, four seasons. So um i i don't know why this fits it's just maybe it's just flamboyant personality but i'm gonna say the the la kings because i think you just fit in hollywood Mm -hmm. i mean (laughs) and uh i mean the kings are looking i think they're looking for some veteran because they got a lot of young guys on the defense core i mean it looks like they're going to be re-signing alex edler 
Uh, that's the way it sounds. So maybe he's, you know, he's the veteran guy, but I don't know why I see the see Subban signing with the Kings. I'm going to go Buffalo. Um, no real particular reason. He just, if he's going to stay on the East coast, I think Buffalo is a good fit because they could be a team that's looking for a veteran defenseman. Um, and they're a team that's, I, I think the Sabres are legitimately going to be good in two or three years. And I think a lot of that has to do with the Jack Eichel deal because it gave, mm-hmm. gave them clarity on what they're going to do moving forward. Alex Tuck is a stud. He signed for four more years. I think Krebs is going to be a good player. Cousins is going to be good. We saw what Tage Thompson did last season. Uh, Skinner, as bad as that contract is, I suppose, you know, you look at the, he had 33 goals last season. So he started to find his game again. And if he does that, I think that's a great thing for them. But then you look at what they've done defensively. They, they drafted Owen power number one last season. They have Darlene there. They have Yoki Haru there. I think he'd be a nice fit. And with Colin Miller possibly on the way out, I think um, that is what's going to happen is that they, they can sign Subban on the right side who, who kind of fits in because they don't really have very many right-handed defensemen other than Yoki Haru right now. So, uh, and like you said, it's going to be a low deal. The Sabres can afford it. They have 29 million in cap space. So, uh, plus you look at their draft picks, they got three second rounders next year. They're going to be a team that's knocking on the door of being good. The big problem that they might run into is you kind of look at the top half of the Atlantic and where it's heading. Ottawa's trying to contend. Tampa's still going to be good for a few more years. We know how good Toronto and Florida are. And I think the Bruins, if Bergeron and Krejci are actually coming back, they have a couple of years of possibly still being good. Detroit's on the way up. Montreal, it's going to be a few years for them, but the Atlantic's going to be kind of hard to contend in for the next few years. But um, I think Buffalo's on the right track there. Uh, okay, three goaltenders here. We'll start with the first one, which is the Stanley Cup winning goaltender, Darcy Kemper. Well, I'm going to go with the Washington Capitals. And there's been two teams that's kind of been rumored around Kemper, and uh, Capitals are one of them. Um, so I, I'm going to say Kemper's uh, going to Washington. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd be quite surprised if it's not the Capitals. Um, you know, I think I think it's Kemper to Washington, and I think it's Jack Campbell to Edmonton. I yeah, think, I got uh, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of think if if it's – if it's Kemper at Edmonton, then it's Campbell to Washington and then vice versa. Yeah. So I think that's how it's going to go down for those two, which brings us to the third one, which was gotten rid of by the Capitals. And that's uh, a guy who I still think has something. I think there's something there with uh, Samsonov. So where do you think Ilya Samsonov ends up? Well, there's, there's so, it's so difficult with, I wasn't sure really. And I'm going to go with the San Jose Sharks. I mean, I know they have two goaltenders right now, but they're both not really good. Uh, I think Samsonov could really be better than what they have, like Aiden Hill and um, um, Kakanen is the other guy. And I, I, I think Samsonov goes to the Sharks. They really need to solidify their goaltending if they hope to do anything. Um, I mean, they have a lot of other problems, but I don't know why. I mean, if that's the only reason. I think they just need to have better goaltending than what they have right now. So I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Flyers for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't think Martin Jones returns there. Um, number two, a lot of uncertainty with Fedotov or yeah. Fedotov, Fedotov, however you pronounce that. Uh, a lot of uncertainty there. So what's going to happen with him is a big question. And I think Sam Sonoff will be a nice backup to Carter Hart. He can kind of take some pressure off him and play a lot of games because he's still young. He's shown that he can you know, be of use at this level. I, but I also view the Blues as a dark horse because they're going to be looking to find a backup for Bennington since it doesn't 
seem likely that Lindgren returns, but I'm not 100% sure of that. Um, so I think I think Samsonov to Philly makes a lot of sense. I also think, like you said, San Jose could be a fit as well. So uh, we'll see. All right, let's move into the final part of the trade talk, I guess we'll go into now, which is kind of – there's a lot of names out there. There's a lot of guys that yeah. could be traded. There's a lot of guys that probably won't be traded that we think will be traded, but you just never know. And um, that's where we look at – we'll look at Frank Saravalli's, uh his trade targets board here in a moment. But I'm just going to ask you a straight-up question here, which is who is the biggest name that gets traded within the next week or two? Well, I I really hope this is true. Um, JT Miller. And it's more selfish reasons because I want to stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, either a re-signing or a trade. And it seems like it's closer to a trade to me at this point. So I'm going to say Miller's getting traded within the next few weeks when they kind of start figuring out what free agents they're getting. Um, and I, so I, I'm going to go with Miller um, for the two reasons, <laughs> basically. Do you think the Islanders do that if they don't end up with, uh, with Goudreau? I think definitely if they don't end up um, landing Goudreau, because they, they do need that. And there's already talk uh, at the, you know, on the trade floor of the trade floor, uh, draft floor about it. <laughs> about that trade that fell through. So there was talking, so they may revisit that, especially if Goudreau doesn't sign there. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So uh, JT Miller is number one on Saravalli's trade targets board. I'm going to give you two through five here, and you tell me if they will be traded or not. I'll just list all of them off, and then you tell me if what ones you think will be traded and what ones won't. Uh, number two is Blake Wheeler for the Winnipeg Jets. Number three is defenseman Jacob Chikrin for the Arizona Coyotes. Number four is defenseman Brent Burns for the San Jose Sharks. Number five is James Van Riemsdyk, winger for the Philadelphia Flyers. Which of those four do you think is traded and which is not traded? Well, I'm going to say only one of those guys is getting traded, and I think it's Van Riemsdyk. Um, I, I just don't – like Chikrin's been rumored for so long, and it seems like they want too much for him. So unless the team actually – ponies up the assets that uh, Armstrong wants, I think he doesn't go anywhere. So um, I think Van Riemsdyk's a definite guy to go out of Philly because I think like they're trying to change the team and uh, you know, you get, get, they're already trying to starting that and it depends on if Tortorella likes him. And that's the biggest thing. Um, so I, but of those, those lists, I'd say Van Riemsdyk and I'll, I'll say a secondary one is, is that uh, is Chikrin because like I said, he may not, but, you know, if a team actually meets their asking price, especially after free agency is over, and like we already said, um, the market isn't isn't massive for defense. So if they don't get one team doesn't get one of those guys, they're going to start looking at the trade market, and Chikrin's one of the top guys. Yeah, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say Chikrin goes, and I'm going to say Burns goes. I think I think there's a legitimate chance that we see Carolina get Brent Burns. Mm-hmm. I think that is a good fit. Um, you look at what they could give up. Like you said earlier, when you had uh, Jeff Klingberg going there, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think if they don't get somebody like him, I think it'd be a nice to turn to Brent Burns, who it, you, you got to think San Jose is going to retain some salary there in oh, a yeah. trade. Um, so that's a big part of this. But I think Chikrin, I think Columbus is going to get the deal done for Chikrin. Like they have a lot of assets to give up, um, and I think Chikrin is kind of the final piece to rebuilding that blue line, which. If they're going to thank anybody, they they should uh, thank Stan Bowman, who really helped Columbus uh, (laughs) rebuild that blue line after getting rid of Seth Jones. So 
Uh, and Kekalein is really good at his job. So I think Chikrin could be – and I, I kind of think the return for Chikrin, if he does get traded, is going to be underwhelming. Like, I don't think it's going to be as mm-hmm. much as they wanted. I think it's one of those things where it's just been so long. It's like, okay, I think Columbus will be a little bit desperate, but at the end of the day, it's never as much as you think usually. So except for Brandon Hagel, that was very wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Philly and Van Riemsdyk, it sounds like they don't want to give up what is necessary to give up to dump a contract like that. That's very on brand for them if they don't get Johnny yeah. Gaudreau because they wouldn't pay a second or first round pick to get rid of Van, uh, Van Riemsdyk. It's very typical of Chuck Fletcher, though. I don't think he's very good at that job, but you never know, I suppose. <laughs> uh, all right, six through ten, a few right-handed defensemen here. Number six is Tyson Berry, defenseman for Edmonton. Number seven is Jeff Petrie, defenseman for Montreal. Number eight is uh, winger Jesse Poyarvi. For Edmonton, number nine is uh, winger Anthony Beauvillier for the Islanders. And then number 10 is John Marino, right-handed defenseman for the Penguins. Who of those do you believe gets traded? Well, I'm going to say Tyson Berry and Jesse Pugliarvi out of Edmonton for sure. Um, Pugliarvi has kind of, I think, been, you know, he's fallen out of the graces again. uh, And I think he's going to go somewhere. I'm not sure where. Um, There's a lot of teams that could have, you know, he can maybe rejuvenate his career again. Um, you know, I, I was kind of going around with the Canucks may, may go for him uh, because he he's that represents that age range that they like. Um, he could bring a, a good element to the second, third line maybe, and um, won't cost a lot in a trade too. I don't think so. I'm going to say those two, I mean, Barry is pretty much gone because Evan Bouchard's really st- you know, come alive now and developed into a really good defenseman. I think he's basically taken his job. So um, I think he's just the odd man out. So, I mean, Barry can go, like I say, I'm picking teams. I mean, I'm not sure. It just depends on what team wants that type of defenseman. Um, so, I mean, I, I would say those two are definitely getting traded, Bill. Yeah, I would agree. Um, those are the two that I thought of as well. I think you kind of look at what, um, what Edmonton's going to do. I think Poyarvi's a guarantee to get traded. Uh, Barry, I think, as well, because of Bouchard, like you mentioned. I don't see Marino getting dealt. I don't really see Beauvillier getting dealt unless there's a world where they spend a ton of money on other wingers, which I don't know if that's going to happen in New York. But uh, Petrie, I just don't think anybody wants to touch that contract. No. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, all right, let's do the final 11 through 15. Uh, winger Travis Konechny for Philly and defenseman Ivan Provorov for Philly. Uh, goaltender Simeon Verlamov from the Islanders. Winger Lawson Kraus from the Coyotes and defenseman Alec Martinez from the Vegas Golden Knights. Who of those do you believe gets traded? Well, I'm I'm going to say Martinez um, and I want the Canucks to go for him because I think he would really fit into what uh, – what they need on defense, um, a bit more toughness. And he's still a really, you know, he's really good um, two-way guy too. I mean, it's a left-hand shot. Everyone wants the right-hand shots on the Canucks, but I think he still would fit in really well. Um, and then the other guy for me is, uh, is Semyon Varlamov because, I mean, it's, it's totally Sorokin uh, in the Islanders now. I think he's their goaltender of the future. Um, they need to get rid of Varlamov. Um Again, because there's not many goaltenders on the market, you know, once those top three guys are gone, um, there's going to be teams looking around for trade options. And if, if somehow Edmonton and, and Washington don't land their guys, 
Um, they're definitely going to be looking to Varlamov or guys like that uh, in the trade market. I'm going to say Provorov, Kraus, and Martinez get traded. Um, I don't see Konechny going. Maybe I selfishly want Provorov in St. Louis. I think that's the best option for left-handed defense. I think Martinez is a contract that Vegas needs to get out of. And I just have a feeling that Arizona is going to trade some of their own forwards. And I think Kraus could be in that category as well, mm-hmm. though it would be kind of fun to see him maybe on a line with Zach Cassie. And that would be quite interesting <laughs> uh, as well, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what, what teams are kind of active. Like if you had to think of a team that could be the most active in the trade market, who do you think of? Oh my, um, I want to say it's Edmonton and I think they, again, you know, they make it to the Western conference final. Um, they may not have a lot of things, but I think they're going to be really active in the trade market um, this year. And there are other teams. I think, I think Arizona is going to be another one that's going to be trying to do some stuff um, more. So taking on contracts like they've already done. I mean, they took Cassian off Edmonton's hands uh, already. So they're clearly in the market for it. Um but yeah, the, those are the two that kind of come to mind. And I mean, I'm sure there's quite a few others. Um, Vancouver is another one. They've been kind of talked about a lot in trying to do some stuff. And of course, like always in Vancouver, even though the front office is different, uh, they haven't been able to get anything done yet. So we'll see. But uh, I think I think definitely those three teams would would come to mind for me. Yeah, I'd also look at Chicago as well. For, yeah, for yeah them, Chicago, yeah. Them taking on contracts uh and kind of just trading everybody except for seth jones at this point that'll be interesting to see that that's a team that's blatantly tanking to get to get bedard if he's still the number one guy which i think he will be i think it's a safe bet that bedard's the number one guy but if this year taught you anything i guess you never really know so uh (laughs) there's no doubt about that so that'll be interesting to see chicago is 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 the team there that I would view, uh, I think I think you look at some of the East Coast teams as well, like whether it's the Rangers or the Islanders or the Flyers or the Sabres or the Devils, one of those teams is probably going to get Johnny Gaudreau. And I think there's a lot of other teams that are going to be looking on the market, whether it's could the Rangers get Blake Wheeler, like just a nice veteran winger to have in there because they've been a team that's kind of been rumored to get Mark Shifley. I know it's a different position. Shifley's not going to be dealt this summer more than, uh, more likely than – He's just not going to be traded, it looks like. Uh, but I think that'll be interesting to see. And, like, Pittsburgh's another interesting team um, to view just because you're going to lose Malkin. and you got to fix that. And uh, we'll see what they do as well. But it should be a very interesting week. And uh, yes. I'm sure we'll, <laughs> we'll reconvene in August at some point probably to discuss everything that went down and get ready for the next season. Uh, Matthew, thank you for joining me. As always, you can follow him at SC on Twitter. Check out his stuff at thehockeywriters.com. And we'll see you next time. Uh, later on in the NHL offseason, we'll talk more hockey then.